so we've made it this far. Welcome to the third episode of The Masters of Nonsense Presents Surviving the Horror. In this miniseries, we challenge ourselves to watch all five Resident Evil movies prior to the release of Resident Evil The Final Chapter, which hits theaters this Friday. In this episode, we're going to focus our attention on the last two movies in our challenge, Resident Evil Afterlife and Retribution. Resident Evil Afterlife was released in theaters in September 2010. This next chapter in the series shows more effort to fuse the video game and movie franchises together, specifically by incorporating elements from Resident Evil 5, the game, that was released the previous year. This was also the first entry in the series to be shot entirely in 3D. Experience this evil in a new dimension. You found yourself knee-deep in some nonsense. I'm Rob. Rob has routed over 65,000 Maginis and 500 chickens in Resident Evil 5. I'm Mike. Mike plans to beat one Resident Evil game in 2017 and to never watch another Resident Evil movie for the rest of his life. And I'm Matt. Matt knew someone who worked on Resident Evil Apocalypse. Sort of. It's confidential. And we're going to talk Resident Evil Afterlife 3D. Um, this is the fourth movie in the Resident Evil saga, so um, I know that you guys, I talked to you both separately, you had some notes about this that you really wanted to get out there, and Matt, you, you seem to really have a lot to talk about here, so I'm going to let you take us through the synopsis of this film. Alright, so where we last left off in Resident Evil Extinction, uh, Alice had her clones and they were attacking Wesker from the fucking, uh, what is it, the Japanese branch of uh, Umbrella? And this movie picks up with, first there's a cool scene where it shows how Japan got attacked, and it has this pretty cool music, which, Rob, did you think the music was really good in this movie? I actually liked it a lot. I thought that this was a step up from the, the past few movies, and I would actually put this one ahead of the original movie as well. I agree with you. I really liked it. It's by this band or this production company called Tom and Andy, but it's like all together. Anyway, so... The Japanese branch gets attacked by all the Alice clones, and it is the fucking greatest thing I've seen so far in this in this movie series. It is so out there. It's fucking. She's attacking all the Umbrella employees, and then all of a sudden, like she gets killed, and like three of her come out, and they say, "Is that any way to treat a lady?" And I was like, "That's fucking brilliant!" And it is just the most, it, the biggest ripoff of fucking the Matrix I've ever seen. And it goes on for like twenty minutes, and she finally gets to like Wesker, and there's these weird camera angles, and it, it's just fucking brilliant. And that's how it started. Right. So you know what's funny about the way that that one started was that, you know, there were all those Alice clones, and they're all fighting a bunch of you know soldiers or whatever but then like that big reveal of like oh one of them just died and then there's regular alice that shows up that has a different haircut from all the other alices and then she's gonna kick an ass like to me if you're gonna have a bunch of clones and you're gonna be fighting a war i would look like all the other fucking clones not be completely separate from them. well that was the thing they were trying to make them look different to be like oh look they all have different personalities but it just looked like bad like green screen shit like there's a lot of bad green screen in this i guess to do the 3d effects well, right. I, I watched the outtakes for this particular film, and I think they shot the whole thing in green screen. 
Well, now, now all I'm thinking about is if they would have done this movie with that whole Alice clones thing being the main focus, and they just made it into like the sequel to Multiplicity with Michael Keaton. That would have been great. <laughs> that would have been a little bit more interesting. Right. I'll say this when it comes to the score. I did like it in this movie because I felt like it was a little bit more of a unifying theme throughout the film. Like it was fairly consistent. I still, I thought the first movie had, was a little bit superior in that regard. But I feel like I took this note for this where so the opening 20 minutes plays out like a script written out by a couple of sixth grade boys on the play street. Like the only thing this first 20 minutes was missing was a dinosaur. Oh, yeah, that would have been amazing. And it's just great because, but then it gets weird when they basically kill all the Alice clones and then she loses her powers and gets shot out of the fucking helicopter. And then what does it go, like six months later or some bullshit? And that's when the movie hit a fucking brick wall. Like, on for the next hour, it's a brick. It just, like, stops dead in its tracks. Well, Matt, you said this was like the Matrix. I had a note that it's like the Matrix meets Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the other movie that she did that I think Paul W.S. Anderson did, Ultraviolet, was like a shitty Matrix ripoff, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the, this was my first, like, impression seeing this movie for the very first time. I noticed that she seems to fall faster now. Like, because in every movie, she jumps off some high ledge, and it takes her, like, a good 30 seconds to hit the ground. This movie, she jumped and was down on the ground in, like, about three seconds. And uh, I have this question. Why is everybody's gun so fucking big in this movie? And was this because it was in 3D? Probably, because the, the shameless 3D shit was really bad. Oh, but you know what's funny? Is that, you know, to do this project, I, of course, bought all the DVDs and I can watch the movies. So I bought this in 3D and I watched it in 3D. So the one thing I will say about the opening sequence, which I thought looked really cool in 3D, I can't imagine what the hell that looked like in regular D. Like, was that, like, kind of shitty looking? Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Like the gu- like the thing that, for me that bothered me more than anything was how big the fucking guns were, and I couldn't understand why were these guns so huge until I stared down at the DVD case and saw that the whole movie was in three. I'm like, oh, okay, this is why the guns are so fucking big. Well, did you notice that everything from axes being thrown, glass, all went into the camera to right. show yeah. the three? Well, well, it, was, it was like the uh, 1920s Three Stooges <laughs> episodes that used to be in 3D and you would see like, the characters show up on the screen and then they're throwing something. That's exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> the worst is that you could tell the green screen was really bad because like, when they're on top of the... So they finally... like She's flying around on a fucking helicopter... Oh, no, what is it? Like a 1940s airplane? Just to continue the story. And she pick, she gets to Alaska where they think this bastion of hope is. And oh, she wait, finds wait. Claire. Right, wait, wait. Let me just take a step back here. So she goes and she's flying this airplane over to Alaska, right? Yeah. And she's sitting in the cockpit and she's looking like, you know, at the camera. Like she clearly looks well fed, one. And she was all dolled up. Like she had all this makeup on. Who the fuck is she trying to look nice for at this rate? Well, did you notice that all the girls throughout the movies have makeup on? Like, even yeah. in the third movie, there was, like, girl, like the main girl, like that other blonde girl, had makeup on. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, it's a zombie apocalypse. Like, this is, like, five years after everyone is dead. Rob, I also hate to break it to you, it's also a B-movie. Well, this they, they have the makeup because <laughs> it, it follows the movie logic. Like, the other thing is that I'd love to... I don't understand this. 
happens a couple times in this movie. It happens in a lot of action movies, but particularly this movie, where someone's getting shot and they do a backflip to dodge the bullet. Wouldn't that give you more of a target to hit? Like, now you have the yep. whole back of your head and your whole back. Like, I'd like to see someone get plugged in the back of the head well, when they do the a back. physics flip. in this world is just fucking ridiculous. But I'll get to a couple, of, like, one really particularly bad one that comes up later in, during the movie. But Okay, so we're on the, the helicopter. She ends up going to Alaska meeting Claire. Then what happens? Then they fight because uh, Claire has this like, little spider thing on her heart on her chest and the yep. weird thing is this is the part of the movie where i'm like all right this is fucking stupid because now they're just no, this, this is the only part <laughs> no, no, no no this is like where it's just like this isn't stupid good like the first 20 minutes this is there's no talking by the way in this entire half hour right and you basically the little spider thing comes from resident evil 5 the game right and one of the characters has it, but then they just throw it in just to throw it in. It's like, oh, she's been in the wild for a while with this spider thing on her fucking chest. She gets it off, and they're like, oh, well, we're going to try and find this fucking place. What was it called? Arcadia or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So then they're in the fucking the airplane, and they get to a fucking prison in L.A., <clears throat> and they see that there's people on there, so they land on top of the fucking prison and you're just like okay and you can tell all the background cj by the way like everything's a fucking green screen right well and it's funny it, the characterization at this point with these new characters that they meet up with you know it's bad when they see the tall like athletic looking black guy. i'm like oh he looks like grant hill i wonder if he's a basketball player that's that exactly what he turned out to be yeah when he slam dunks the fucking airplane <laughs> yeah. <on> the <laughs> yeah. then they got the weasel that he's always like plays like a weasel the guy with the mustache and beard who's like the agent and stuff like that he's fucking always plays the same character and he plays guess what a fucking weasel in this you know and they got the cute girl then there was this asian guy that i don't know if he worked with um the the sleazy guy he worked with the we they worked with the weasel he did work with the we okay so you're like okay this is the like these are characters now being introduced 40 minutes into a fucking movie like i'm supposed to give a shit now so the funny thing about this is, you know, you're you're mentioning all the stuff that happened in the beginning of this movie, or you know, like as the movie movie is progressing. This is where my notes stopped because I just stopped giving a shit. Well, see, oh no, my, my notes picked up big time at this point. So yeah. Well, the thing is that it just slowed down to a snail's pace, and it's so bad because it's only like ten minutes of this shit. But you feel like it's four hours because they're going through the fucking the prison and everything, and then they're talking. Then they all of a sudden have this one guy who they just introduced that's watching a cage, and this is where I oh, got yeah. fucking pissed. So, so wait, Rob, what was your reaction? When and the big reveal of who was in the cage was Chris Redfield. Oh my god. So the the funny thing about this was that like I knew that Chris was in this movie. So I was wondering, you know, are they gonna do Resident Evil, like the original Resident Evil game or the remake or whatever where it's you know, he's a special agent, you know, he's normal looking human being, or were they gonna go Resident Evil five and he was gonna look like a just a monstrosity of a beast? muscle or whatever yeah yeah so um so then when they show chris i'm like oh awesome now chris is gonna show up and really what i saw was they cast somebody and said like okay you're gonna be chris redfield so 
the casting director went out and found somebody that looked like the original Chris, but the costume designer was looking at the video game Chris. So they gave him the clothes that would fit this gigantic steroid monster, and they put it on the regular Chris. So now he's there standing in a cage, and he looks like he's swimming in his outfit. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing his dad's clothes. Like that's- yeah. Well, I then, figured they made him do the uh, the Car- uh, Carlos. Uh, what's his last name? Oliveira. Yeah, I figured he did his workout. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell happened? But it, it makes oh, go ahead. No, it's just he looked he looked really dumb. This is another thing I don't like is that they introduce these characters from the game and they have like these weird backstories. So like him, his unit was fucking like attacked and they took over the prison. But then that's it. Now this is the part that pissed me off the most because this is when the Resident Evil video game made more sense than the fucking movies. Claire Redfield is introduced in the games because she's looking for her brother. Because in the first Resident Evil, her brother you know, finds the mansion, they do everything. The second game, Claire's looking for him because he goes into hiding, which makes sense. Like, why would you bring your sister into it, right? This, they literally meet after a fucking zombie apocalypse for five years, they happen to just fucking meet, and they're like, oh, okay. Like, she doesn't remember him, and he's just like, hey, sis, the fuck was that? Well, she didn't remember him because her her whole memory was wiped. He should have been more like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, hey, sis, how you doing? Oh, it was good that that you survived this. This was was Academy Award-winning acting where he just goes, Claire? Yeah, it's, just, it's weird, like, how they introduced him, and then, like, Mike brought to my attention, you know, since it's Wentworth oh, yeah. Miller. Well, well, this is the whole thing. It's, like, people are, like, caricatures of themselves, right? So the guy looks like Grant Hill, and he's a basketball player, and it's, like, we're going to have the guy from Prison Break, and we have to break him out of prison. It, yeah, it was just really bad. And then it's, like, it's not even that cool, though. Like, they, so they start going around. He knows where the weapons depot is, and then this giant fucking monster that looked like an executioner. He actually looks like something out of fucking Silent Hill. Yeah. Well, Comes, he's he's that? from Resident Evil 5, the game. Oh, that's the first... I forgot completely about that character from Resident Evil 5. Right. And so, yeah, he comes out of nowhere, but no expl- again, like, in the in the games, they explain a little bit why they look like that. This is like, there's zero explanation. Just, there's guys that look like that, that have nails in their fucking head and carry a giant axe. Right. So I'm trying to remember the sequence of the events here, but all I'm remembering right now in my mind is when there's a bunch of zombies like attacking a gate and then you just yeah. see this like he's like 10 feet tall and he's got this gigantic axe and he's just standing there too and he's like banging the axe against the fence. They do that for like 10 minutes because yeah. it's um the basketball player guy and I think Claire are the ones that are trying to hold them back, like the yeah. zombie horde. Yeah. And at this point, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And then they go in, they find like all the weapons and shit like that. And she's all happy and giddy because, you know, she doesn't have any of her fucking Alice powers anymore. Oh, wait, wait. One thing I have to say. So we're relying on Chris as like, you know, master, you know, military strategy guy, right? I don't know if you guys noticed, he threw a fucking flare down a hallway that was fairly well lit. <laughs> yeah. What was the point of that? Like, you're going to really question, oh, did we not forget about the pervert that is going to watch Alice take a shower? 
and then all of a sudden, like, the fucking zombie hordes start coming, because they're coming out of the fucking... the fucking floor. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when they're making the escape, because I don't even know, like, what sequence of events happen. So it's like, the basketball player guy, the the Asian guy, um, Chris, it was it Chris, Claire, and uh, uh, Alice, right? Yeah. These some good notes, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, if I use their names, you know, so all of a sudden fucking, they're looking down this hole and they're like, they're telling the Asian guy to go first. He's like, no. And then the worst physics I've ever seen on an axe comes where he just gets chopped in half. <laughs> yeah, that was some really bad CG. I like that this is the Bay Plaza retelling of, of this movie. All right. So yeah, I'll, I'll look up their fucking names. How about that? So, so again, is, I'm, I'm go, what's his name? Kim Young in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and his real name is Norman Young. And yeah, he's uh, ben, ben. Oh, Bennett is the the sleazy guy. That's uh, his name. Okay. So the one thing I will mention is again, I'm not remembering the sequence of events here as vividly as you guys might, but. Uh, one thing that I thought was actually kind of cool, since it is post-apocalyptic and it's been five years since this outbreak has happened, the fact that they ran out of ammo and that they're using coins. That was kind of cool. I was wondering why they were using coins, actually. I was like, oh. Yeah, like, it kind of makes sense. Like, you got to be resourceful. It's kind of cool. It's a little different. Kind of, but that... That was all but I how much don't explain could, anything, though. Right. How much range could they really get with these coins, though? Like, come on. Well, Alice was able to blow that executioner's head off from, like, 30 feet away with a but shotgun. that's what I mean. Shooting it, like, it has, like, sniper precision-y. And it, it was, does, like... Yeah. Remember yeah. the part where they're opening the elevator up and, like, she shoots and, like, misses the basketball player guy, but it hits everybody that's around him? And I'm like, wait a minute. They're not fucking... It's not, like... Like you said, it's not sniper scope. But this is this is the problem, though, and it's like I didn't even think of that. So it's like oh, what Rob just mentioned, why they were using the coins and stuff. Yeah. But it's like so much of this movie was just things just fucking happened. Well, right. that's the problem with all of them. That's my biggest thing is that just things happen. They don't like. I understand show don't tell, but everything is not told. Like they just do things. There's yeah. no why. So. um one one scene I thought was actually kind of cool was the uh, the executioner battle with uh, I guess I guess this was right after the shower scene that yeah, you mentioned that was yeah with uh, with Alice and Claire I thought this one was actually pretty cool just seeing like first of all Alice went for you know her fucking super duper kick that she's been killing all zombies and animals with yeah and that the the executioner no sold that one but then like. Claire had a kind of a cool battle with the executioner. Of course, she couldn't get the job done because she needed Alice to finish him off. Well, I but liked it. it. Oh. I was going to say, like, it actually was kind of cool action. The music at this point was really cool, too. So yeah, and I, I think that it, it had, like, a cool aesthetic to it. It was cool, but that's the thing, though. It was so overdramatic, but I liked it because it's, like, it's the water spraying down on her, and she's, like, looking around and everything. It was it was cheesy, but it was good. And like you said, the music was kind of cool. Yeah. And then when they do that, like, he throws the axe, and they, like, look down. You could see it fly over them. You could yeah. tell nothing went over their heads, you know? Right. But it looked cool in 3D. 
Yeah, I bet it did. That, yeah, this, like, this was a fucking bore in 2D. That's just my opinion. I was like, can we get this shit over with? The sleazy agent guy, Bennett there, he gets takes the fucking plane, with is like the worst CG job I've ever seen, of him like flying the plane off the prison and going to the ship that's basically, our, you find that is Arcadia, because Arcadia is a ship. And it's like, oh, I wonder if this is suspicious at all. <laughs> So then, well, oh, do you want me to continue with the, the story? Yeah, continue I with mean, the story. There's not really much more to say. I mean, well, they, get, I, on the fucking, is, well, they okay. get on the fucking ship. So this is about an hour in, right? The thing is, like I said, is that the first 20 minutes I loved, the next hour I hated, but then the last 10 minutes of this movie was so fucking great for how bad it was. Because they go into the ship, and it's like white walls. It's like this artsy fucking bullshit he was trying to do. And he they fucking find, um, what is it, uh, that girl Kmart or something like that from yeah. the third movie? Yeah. And all of a sudden, Wesker comes out. Now, let me tell you something. Fucking Wesker in these movies is my favorite character. Because he's so over-the-top bad that it's so great. Because he looks like Wesker from the games. And he moves like fucking Neo. And he fights did, them. Did the actor change in this one? Yeah, from the third one. Okay. This guy's Sean Roberts now. But he's got like the cheesy, monotone voice. But the best part was... in. Uh, Rob, you'd actually appreciate this. When he starts fighting Chris, it's actually almost move for move the same fight that they have in Resident Evil 5. Yeah, that, that was kind of cool. But one thing I did note about um, Wesker and his fighting skills is that it, I felt like you know they got a, a, a better actor this time around. Yeah, he, definitely. He looked the part. He acted the part very well. But they didn't even train this guy to fight. Like oh, he, yeah, he, he looked terrible when he was fighting, and this was in 3D as well. Like he looked like he was like three steps behind everyone else, and it was just awkward. Well, the funny thing is that he does like lazy shit. Like they shoot the the uh, the gun at him, and you see the bullets fly by, but he doesn't even do the back like in the Matrix. He just moves a little bit, and they right. did that in slow mo. Like that's supposed to impress us. And then so this, this will tell you how bored I was with this whole scene. <laughs> Well, right before, I don't know if you remember, he has the zombie dogs with him. Yeah. Yep. So not only was his his hand-to-hand combat training flawed, his dog training was flawed because he told them down, and they sat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't think zombie dogs are going to, you know. And then when their faces come out, because they start doing, I guess, the Lost Plagueis thing from Resident Evil 4. Was that what it was, Rob? It was the... Um... Oh man, how, how am I forgetting what it was in Resident Evil Five? Whatever it was in Five. Oh, that thing, yeah. And yeah. the worst part about that whole fight is when Alice now, since she's like downgraded on her powers, when she fucking kicks the piece of glass and it hits the dog. Oh like, god! Yeah. I lost it by that. I was just laughing, fucking hysterical. And then she finally kills fucking Wesker with the shotgun. It's like you think that's gonna stop him, and then all of a sudden, fucking, they start shooting him, and then he's gone. Yeah, and then that sleazy guy—they well, just leave in to get eaten by the dogs or whatever. Right, because uh, Bennett over there had done a heel turn and was side with Wes- Wesker, so he was like in there, I guess, watching them the whole time. Yeah, I mean, and, he looked like he was infected too. Right, and then we had the Redfields going and shooting Wesker, like they just emptied their clip on him, which I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool if like there was ever a point in any of these movies where you felt like this guy has been torturing those two for forever like he yeah. was in the games 
Yeah, it seemed a little unnecessary that they plugged him with about 90 rounds. You yeah. wouldn't do that to that guy? I would put a fucking grenade in his mouth. I'd fucking burn him. I would do everything to make him well, not come back. So this is the th- see. This is when I, you know, I, I didn't enjoy the movie, and I start trying to f- find logic and things that are illogical. How when in that scene right before they started fighting, they throw Chris and Claire into those pods, and they go down into the floor oh, like they're going to go on the cryogenic God. sleep. Yeah. Well, like when they went down, then like their pictures came up and their little console. How did they get their get pictures that. so fast? I didn't get that. But <laughs> you know what the best part was? Because remember, all of a sudden, fucking Wesker like disappears and he gets into the fucking helipad, right? Mm-hmm. And he and he's gonna like pl- press the bomb and blow, you know, Alice, Chris, and Claire on the ship up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, fucking he looks and the things in the fucking, you know, the plane with him. And then Alice is like, oh, come on, let's go. Like, you think they have to go? And she's like, I want you guys to see this. And it was like a fucking Disney, it was like a fucking uh, Looney Tunes cartoon. Well, yeah, I am just want you to see this, Matt, because I actually have this as a note. I don't know if you could see it, but I have the Bugs Bunnied Wesker. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't even make sense because how did they get... <laughs> so funny that you said that. Because <laughs> that's what it's like. It's like Wiley I Coyote bullshit, where it's like he fucking looks and it's there, and then he explodes into fucking dust. And it's like, oh, okay. And then they're all happy. And then all these people start coming out with like white clothes on. It's like, oh man, they finally beat um, Umbrella. And then the um, even a dumber thing than the entire movie just fucking happens. Do you remember what that is? Why don't you tell us, Matt? The helip- There's about 400 fucking helicopters <laughs> with guys to shoot all these fucking people from Umbrella. And they pan out. It just keeps going. I'm like, where is Umbrella getting all this money and resources and people to fucking do- fund this shit? Well, well, I guess my question is, how are these people still alive? Because, again, we're five years after this shit happened. So where are all these people going and coming from? Well, either it's their clones or their fucking psychopaths. Hats that were just like you know what fuck civilization we're gonna join Umbrella on the on the fucking day of the apocalypse and then I mean, that's would you that. Do the same? No, no, I wouldn't join Umbrella unless I was get to be Wesker. Then I'd be. Uh, I'd also have hair too. So that would be your wish in the afterworld. Just be have like hair. being fucking Wesker. <laughs> no, being Wesker. Oh. The, the whole planet goes to shit. <laughs> You'll sell your soul for some hair. So, Mike, in the uh, in the department of villains, do you think Wesker is up there with like Littlefinger and you know all the great yeah. villains of and fucking Hannibal? Yeah, well, he he makes the top fucking three. He was fucking terrible. I didn't get anything <laughs> of why he wanted to do what he wanted to do. See if you play no sense. If you played the games, he's more of a manipulator and stuff, and then he becomes exactly like that, like a cartoon character. But you know. What can you do? It's it's video game writing. No, I, I I tend to side with the strategic uh, evil people, and Wesker is not on my list. What, my, Rob, isn't he? The, yeah, I was, I was gonna say if you played the games, you'd be like, all right, now I see why this guy is like sleazy, but he actually understands. Like he's playing everyone because you know, had they had used uh, him properly, like the first game did. And you find out that he was basically using the stars division, so then he can go ahead and continue his research, but also find the, you know, special agents that are you know incredibly intelligent, also great military, whatever. 
<laughs> Greenwell. <laughs> so, you know, those yeah. assholes that are military geniuses. Right, right. But, like, basically being able to see if they can survive in a world with, you know, zombies and the T-virus and all that other shit. Like, when you see ha- that happening in the big betrayals, you'd be like, yeah, you know what? This guy is an asshole, but he's smart. In the movies, it's just like, he's just a weird leather... He's wearing all leather, and he's just like really strange and odd and he's just there so and great. wooden it's so yeah. great and then did you guys watch after the credits or something yeah why not the basketball player which i'm gonna find out his name right now so we don't have to call him it's, the basketball Gra- it's grand hell <laughs> luther west a former professional basketball player um yeah he's the uh he's the guy that luther west actually survives we forgot even to say how like he almost gets eaten in the fucking pipes yeah, because doing fucking suicide drills on a basketball court somehow makes him, you know, the a fucking zombie resistance. Yeah, the zombie killing expert. Like he's <laughs> he's John Connor part two all of a sudden. So yeah, so then we were like, oh, I guess he's gonna play a huge part in the in the last movie because you know, yeah. <laughs> but that'll be for another time. Well, and then that's the other thing. So it pans out. I think before the credits happen, it pans out, and you see Alice. Chris, um, Claire, and I think Luther as well are like kind of at this standstill with the army coming at them in their helicopters. Is this correct? Sort of. Yeah. Luther's like kind of on the other side, though. He doesn't get to the ship. Okay. So you see those people, and then you have the helicopter show up, then you go to credits, and then you see um, in the post credits, or I guess in the middle of the credits, was uh, Jill Valentine gets reintroduced. Again, now she's a blonde that's a different actor. and um, Oh, so this is why I couldn't put together that was Jill. Right. Again, okay. no no explanation whatsoever who this person is, especially when you drastically change the way she looks. She's got that spider thingy on there. Again, that's a Resident Evil 5 thing that if you had not played the games, you would not know what the fuck they're doing. And that's where you end off and you're like, oh, okay, for the fans of the games, we're like, oh, Jill's going to be in the next movie. But then I also wonder, like, who in the theater is sitting there that was a Resident Evil fan of the games and actually caught that and gave a shit? Uh, probably just us at our house five years after this movie came out. Right. Um, well, one little little story I will tell is that um, when I was rewatching this movie, I came to the realization that I had never seen the full thing Um that I had only seen pieces. And I looked to see when this movie came out, when it would have hit cable, because I definitely did not see this in theaters. And I noticed that this movie came out on cable the exact moment that I decided that I no longer needed cable. So I think that what happened was I saw it in the mov- on like one of the movie channels, caught a couple of minutes, and then decided, you know what, I don't need this shit anymore, and completely got rid of cable. Isn't and this yeah. the same story you had with Extinction, too? Like, yeah. Like, you know, like, let me just say this, okay? I absolutely hated this movie. Yeah. I I was actually talking to myself during this movie. That's how much I disliked this movie, okay? And this is now the second podcast where you've had some type of story about how, like, seeing these movies made you question your life. Yeah. Why the fuck did you talk me into watching this stuff, then? So, now that we've finished talking about Resident <laughs> Evil Afterlife 3D, um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and then we're going to get into Resident Evil Retribution.
can I say this though before we take our break? There was a line in this that I think sums up the entire franchise and this entire project. And Claire says it, okay? And I had it, actually rewound it and jotted it down. She says, it's a lie. It's worse than that. It's a trap. That makes no sense. Think about it. It makes plenty of sense. It doesn't. Just stop talking. Resident Evil Retribution, the fifth movie in the series. We. There's still more of these? Yeah, remember, there's going to be another one on Friday, too. Oh, my God! Resident Evil Retribution 3D. So what... You know, I'm going to give a quick overview of what happened in this movie. It was... Just right off the bat, was very different than the last four movies that we've gone through. Um, but just to, like, go off of what happens... This the movie starts off with the end of Resident Evil Four, so or Afterlife, where you have the helicopters coming in. They're about to wipe out everyone from that was on the boat. Um, Alice and whoever is taking a stand on the boat, and I say whoever because the people that were standing next to her were not the same people in the end, um, because now Chris, uh, Chris was missing. Claire was there, I think. Was she? No, I don't think so. No, she was not. (laughs) So then, so now all of a sudden, Alice goes from having buddies to not having anyone at all. Um, We see the the entire sequence play out, but in slow motion and backwards. Yeah, in reverse motion. That was was actually my favorite part of the movie, because it has that cool song by the guys who did the the last movie, and it's like in reverse shit, you know? Yeah, so kind of cool, but then I remember sitting through this and wondering, am I going to have to watch this in regular motion going forwards as well? Because I I thought it was cool enough going backwards, and it took forever, but then I had no desire to see it go the other way. But anyway, so... Um, one of the things that did happen was that it started off with Alice being in the water, which made me question if this was going to be the water level of the movies, you know, the one that nobody asked for. (laughs) Um, so that all happens. Then we kind of go into like a horror movie-esque, like Dawn of the Dead type scenario where it's daylight and you have Alice in a house with Carlos, who was dead from a while ago in a couple movies and they have a kid and all this other stuff so weird stuff is happening then there's a zombie outbreak in there and then you're like well what the fuck like this doesn't look like it's the current times and then you basically find out all in all this was leading into like this was a pretty cool horror scene that was happening but it's talking about or leading into the fact that there's like alternate worlds that are being created almost like Westworld um, where Umbrella was testing out all of these different scenarios that they can sell off to other governments so then they can, um, well, the scenarios are playing out what would happen with the virus outbreaks. And they go through, the rest of the movie is them going through all these different scenarios and basically finding their way out. It's Alice with Ada Wong and... um, you have also Leon from Resident Evil 2 and 4 shows up in this, and Barry, and um, basketball player. What's his name? 
Oh, uh, Luther West. Grand Hill. Grand Hill. And uh, Luther West. So they go through all this. There's weird stuff that's happening because characters from the previous movies are popping up, but they were already dead. So odd, odd stuff. But all in all, it actually had a somewhat interesting story. And well, played, because this it played out like a video game, which yeah, like at this point in the series, they went completely, you know, we're going to cater to the video game audience, which is cool. Right. But, you know, again, jarring because in the beginning, it seemed like they were setting up this new kind of universe to it. And then they just said, fuck it. And it's like they just threw everything from the games and with no explanation. So someone like me who only has a cursory knowledge of the games was like, what the fuck is going on now? I have one major note. I don't know if you guys... I think because I've watched all these movies in a two-week span, but what is the zipline fetish with this series? Because this is now the fifth movie in a row that there's multiple scenes with ziplines. Well, because it's cool. It's like, oh, this is how quick you get to one place to another. And what's with the goddamn recaps in the beginning of every movie? Well, they they, they start off basically telling you what happened in the first movie. To remind you that this used to be okay, like the movies yeah, were like, decent. Yeah, we'll tell, you, we'll tell you about the good one, but yeah. it's like it's not that complicated. Like, I want to know wh- how are these zombies even transforming and all this shit. Like, you know I want to know that. Can I just say something because I think that since this is the last movie or whatever, I think this is the point that they honestly said, "I don't give a fuck anymore." I think he just said, "I just want to throw." You want to talk about two, uh, you know, schoolyard boys writing this script? There is no script to this fucking movie. It starts off with that cool, you know, flashback words, that cool song. Then it goes into the fucking recap. Then it goes into the the worst Dawn of the Dead ripoff scene I've ever seen from the remake. Did you get that vibe, Rob? Yeah, that's what I said earlier. Oh yeah, that's right. I think I like. <laughs> I think I fell asleep because I was like, Jesus Christ, this movie sucked. But the thing is, is that. It's just like there is no point to anything. Like even when like the fucking zombies come in Moscow with uh Well, I'd actually disagree. I feel like yeah. this actually had a little bit of logic to it because it's like once you figured out what was happening, they're in Umbrella again. They need to get their you know, they need to break out. And there was like actual stakes. There was you know that I'm not saying you know, it's bad. I, now, I don't know why this team suddenly assembled and why how they got there. That I have no idea about, but well, the fucking thing <laughs> For the most part, it just actually played out like, okay, here's like, we need to get out. These are the people who are going to help her get out. And then it actually flowed. So I felt like, okay, not a great movie, but at least it had a threat. Yeah, but the thing is, like, okay, no, I'm not saying it was bad. I really liked the movie of all of them. I think this is the, actually the best one. What I'm saying is that it still follows this bullshit of, like, 25 minutes go by, nobody talks. Then she finally gets a fucking explanation from, I thought um, Wesker was a virus at first. I didn't realize that he was, like, a real person. Like, I thought he was a computer virus. Oh, like, what the hell? Like, he's airborne? (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, and then Ada Wong, there's no explanation as she comes. She's like, you need to come with me because there's a team coming for us. I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm like, oh, this seems kind of cool, though. Like you were saying, it has that, like, Westworld vibe. Then all of a sudden, it's like you get fucking Barry Burton and Leon Kennedy from the fucking games, which it's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like a jacked Barry Burton in the game. It's funny that it, they did the reverse with Barry, what they did with the other characters. Barry in the game is kind of like a schlep. 
right? He's like out of shape and stuff like that. In the movie, they made him that the super jacked guy from Lost, and uh, what else is he in? The vampire. Which one? The Strain. The Strain, yeah. Um, and then and I, I was disappointed they didn't get the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls to be Leon Kennedy. Yeah, they got some no-name asshole that was just like, who is this? <laughs> so, so, Rob, for you as a huge fan of the the games, what was the feeling when not only did you have Barry, but you also had Leon? So, Leon, I figured that no matter what they did, they would not pull off what they did in the games because they can either go with the like squeaky teen type or, I guess, post-teen, like, 20s or whatever, uh, from the Resident Evil 2, or they can go into, like, the one-liner, like, you know, cool, but, you know, womanizer type that he is in Resident Evil 4, and then I'm like... Pretty much. I was was listening to... It was funny, I was playing some of the game before, and, like, the way he talks to Sherry and talks to other people, all the other women, and he's like, oh, yeah, like... Like, I don't know. He's, like, trying to hit on them the whole he's time. He's kind of creepy like, with Sherry, because yeah. Sherry's, like, an 18-year-old. I'm like, that's weird, dude. So, wait, Rob, did you see this in the theaters, or did you see this at home? I saw this at home. The first time I saw it was actually for this project. And did, were you wearing your Leon Kennedy shirt as you wore, as you watched it, or...? I was not, no. But, um... <laughs> because you were butt-ass naked. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, for Leon, like, the only reason why you would know that it's Leon is because they, like, literally put him in the outfit that he would be wearing in Resident Evil 4. So it's almost like the X-Men movies if they just put all the characters in their cartoon versions of their outfits. (laughs) Yep. Because they did the same thing with Barry where they put the the red vests on him so you knew that that was Barry. Like, you didn't have to say their names if you're fans of the game. You know what's funny with Barry? Oh. No, I appreciate that these guys at least lifted weights this time around. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Barry Burton was played by Kevin Durant. That's the actor. But Kevin Durant, the basketball Durand, player. Durant. Um, yeah, and, and Grant Hill. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that We're was funny for team here. But it was funny <laughs> that how. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was weird how like they brought like the ultra liquor this time. Yeah. With uh, you know, with that whole scene, you could totally tell that was a CG. I actually watched the outtake for this one, which is funny that Mike, you said that you watched the outtakes for the last one because they show them in just like the shitty car, and there's like green screen all around them. Yeah. So wait, the, that ultra liquor is that something from the game? Because I thought he was on the same steroids that uh, Barry and Leon were on. <laughs> no, that's a brand new character. Actually, I had a one note that was funny about that was how um, the first time he gets introduced that ultras liquor thing he's just like he's basically like king kong of the resident evil series at this point and he's gigantic and he's like barreling through everything and he's like running really fast and whatever like a fucking jaguar and then there you have alice with i think that she was with the whole crew at this point and they're in a car and they end up just like running the car into this liquor thing and they're in, like, a regular, like, it's a sports car or whatever. And they just, like, hit the side of it, and it goes flying. And I'm like, this thing weighs about 10 tons. And you're telling me that it gets hit by a fucking sports car, and it goes flying? Well, I guess the, the, the suspension wasn't that good either. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, what I what I found weird is that they made her, like, the mother figure with that kid that knew sign language. But it did, wasn't clear if she was deaf or so like i didn't understand that whole yeah, thing i didn't get that either i i was kind of thrown off by it 
I don't know if like she was infected with something, but then that doesn't even make any sense because One, she's a simulation. Like she's not even real. But the, well, she's you know she's a flesh and blood. I mean you know she's just a clone. Well, okay, wait. So my question is: so they ended up being clones of everybody in this goddamn movie at this point. Yeah. How now in the first movie? So you had Michelle Rodriguez and all those characters came back for this one. They yeah. came back as clones though. Now, in the first movie, they're in no way connected with Umbrella, right? They're just trying to get rid of Umbrella, correct? No, no. In that one, I think they were... Weren't they, like, a branch of Umbrella? Or they yeah. were, like, the special forces of Umbrella, so they would have their, like, DNA. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, that was... Because the other guy, Coleman Salmon, his name is, uh, the British guy with the bald head, He they show up... Like, he, he shows up, uh, Michelle Rodriguez shows up a couple of times as, like, different characters. And actually, Mike, I don't know how you felt, but... Did you find, kind of feel like it was doing something different? Like, it was almost doing, like, a Westworld thing all of a sudden, where the clones don't know their identities and everything. And I'm like, this is way too deep for a shitty movie like this, you know? Like, it turned from a, a zombie film into, like, a clone yeah, film, you know? Yeah, you know, that I agree. It kind of just, that came out of nowhere. And I guess this is, like, <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson's, like... I don't know, his tour My de force. Dream. Like, he's going to do every type. He's going to rip off of every good movie, including the first Resident Evil movie. He's going to try to take on every type of uh, genre and topic. And but actually, have- with this, though, you see, that's the thing. That's why I ended up enjoying this, because it had, like, layers, you know? So it's like, oh, the clones figuring out that they're clones. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I like that, too. It just it goes nowhere. Because, like, even the other thing is, too, that there's about AI going crazy because it's the fucking hive. And they, she always shows up, the little girl that plays the hive, the queen there. Mm-hmm. She always shows up like a video game, like, you know, in the arcades when it's like, all right, you know, release fucking, you know, like biohazard, <laughs> you know. And then all of a sudden, like, something else comes out of nowhere, like the fucking Axemen come back out. Now, you know? Here's the other question I had, too. Why did she turn heel all of a sudden? Well, she's just... That's the thing. Anytime there's a you run into a like a roadblock in a in a story, just make AI evil. Like <laughs> you could agree with me with uh, with the Metal Gear Solid series too. It's like it's all about espionage, and then all of a sudden, really, the end of the story is basically without giving anything away, Mike. It's basically AI goes bad. Like yeah. it's just weird. Like they always run into this problem. Even like sci-fi uh, books do that too. Like the series Hyperion, they AI is bad if you run into a roadblock. You know, but that's what I find weird because in the first movie it was actually interesting because you know the AI was trying to actually save humanity. Yeah, that was yeah. in the that was an AI that would negotiate with people. Right, <laughs> and, then, and then she wasn't even in the fucking the what well, the second one, right? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, though, wouldn't that AI? know who Alice was because Alice was supposed to be the head of security for Umbrella. So maybe that's why she had a little soft spot even though she was an AI. No, because she, she didn't have a soft spot. It was uh Wesker and Ada that like No 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 I meant in the first in the first movie. I don't know. Um no it wasn't because no, they wanted to turn her off. Right. And then she was like, please don't turn me off. And all of a sudden, then they're like, oh, okay, well, help us get out. He's like, she's like, okay, I'll help you out. And then that's why. I don't think she had a soft spot. I think that she sounds like Stewie Griffin. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was thinking like, too, I made her sound like fucking Lara Croft, you know? No, more like Stewie. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> But then, like, and then there's, like, some weird fights in this movie, too, because you have, the end was just fucking ridiculous that, oh, Bar- first, before I talk about the fights, 
Barry's fucking ending, Rob. What did you think of that when he puts the cigar in and then he pulls out the gun from the games he uses? Yeah. So one thing I did want to mention about Barry is that, you know, if if I saw that character, if I would have cast that character in the movie, I would have made him like the grandpa of everyone, you know, like he was, you know, like the father in the the first game, like he felt like the father figure there here. He felt like fucking Leon's lackey, which is weird, but like, and they didn't even know each other in the games, right? Like to me, Barry should have been leading that crew. And then like Leon is like the, you know, like the up and comer or whatever that was going to end up taking over for Barry whenever he ends up dying. Right. But that scene, I I actually kind of liked it in a way that, you know, for whatever reason, he can rise from the dead and he can take 40 bullets. Do we also... Well, the other thing, too, is that there's a lot of just, like, mindless shooting in this movie. Like, Rob, you were mentioning about the coins in the last podcast. Yeah. But, like, everybody has bullets. Like, they have fucking clips on top of clips in this movie. But, you know, the other thing is that they never fucking reload. They don't. They would just keep shooting. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing is, too, like, when they fought the fucking, the the Moscow zombies. Like, what the fuck was that? It was like the fucking Cold War zombies, though. It wasn't even, like, modern day, you know? And I'm like, what is the point? Of this, I, I, so, what I I felt like they just put like the Call of Duty zombies in. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you know what, what it seemed like. You know what's funny too is that like again, as I was mentioning before, the whole point of the these like simulations is that they were selling it to all the warring countries or whatever. Umbrella was selling it so that That's they could show crazy. them what they what they can do if they had this and they unleashed it onto you know whoever they were warring against. When they're in Russia. You have all of these fucking Nazi zombies that are shooting at them, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, well, yeah, whatever. I know. So, yeah, and that's not what I meant. But anyway, um, they're shooting at, you know, Leon and Barry and crew, right? If I were trying to buy this, I would never do a piece. These zombies have shit aim. Like, they were not hitting these guys. They kept moving in, and it was like a video game. Like, they kept doing where they would do the duck and cover, and then they would come out and shoot. But they weren't hitting anything either. They weren't even hitting the zombies. Like, you know you gotta hit them in the fucking head. Hit them in the fucking head. Right, and then there was the chainsaw zombie that shows up, too. Yeah, that randomly kills the guy that no one gives a fuck about. Right. He wasn't a character or anything, right? Like, from the games? I don't think he was a character in the movie, either. (laughs) I I knew that those guys were going to die because they didn't, like, they had, you know, Barry and Wesker, I mean, Barry and uh, Leon, and then all of a sudden, these two guys had no names. I'm like, oh, okay, you guys are definitely cannon fodder, you know? And again, like, so what's the timing of, like, from the last movie to this movie? Like, it's just, is there any, like, you know, period of time that goes by? No idea. I don't even think they gave us it was long enough for Grand Hill to become like a fucking military expert. So. I forgot he's there, yeah, and like he's helping them out, which was weird. And then they just do weird shit, like he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna help you find that girl," and then he gets shot in the arm, and he's like, "No, no, no, you go by yourself." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, I guess you can't. Pat, you don't have fucking legs to help her, you know?" Oh, but I think they use the hook shot bullshit that you hate. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But then, like, you know, she tries to save the girl. The fucking place, like, blows up. And then they're getting away on the fucking little, um, 
the little snowmobile there. And this is where I was like, man, this really is a, like a video game where the fucking submarine comes out and they play yeah. the theme song of the beginning of the movie and Jill Valentine and fucking Rain, um, Michelle Rodriguez's character, comes out with... Wait, she had a name? name? Yeah, Rain. That was her name. Oh. Yeah, so... Well, go then, ahead. It go, then it becomes Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. So, like... I would have never thought, after going through four other movies, that in the end, that Michelle Rodriguez will become the fucking final boss here. Oh, the, that's what... Okay, this is the part, Rob, that I thought of you when fucking Leon's like, the Las Plagas plague. And I'm like, wait, you didn't explain that at all. And then, like, Michelle Rodriguez shoots the fucking the plague into her, and, like, yeah. the bullets come out of her fingers and shit. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, there is no explanation there of why he knows this unique type of fucking, like, virus. Right, like, you have no idea from this, this movie who Leon is supposed to be. Like, you don't have that with with uh, Barry either, but like Leon is supposed to be like a government agent that works specifically for the president, and he would obviously know the most about all these different things that are going on. And he just like randomly says one line, and like, is anyone supposed to understand what the fuck he's saying, or is he just <laughs> no. talking to himself? Well, he's like just a boring guy that they got as fucking Leon. It was just yeah. so bad. Like he wasn't wise. Cra- I mean, I liked him just because it's Leon. But then, like him and fucking um, you know Grant Hill there, or Luther West, <laughs> they fucking start fighting Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, no, no, yeah, they fight Michelle Rodriguez, and then Jill Valentine and uh, Alice have this huge fight out. And for someone who doesn't have superpowers, all of a sudden, like Alice held her own with doing backflips and shit. Yeah, and like then she finally gets the spider off of Jill, and Jill's like for some reason it's taken her forever to get back into it, and then like um, Michelle Rodriguez does the fucking Mortal Kombat vision where she hits Luther West's uh, like heart, and they show the bones crunching, yeah, like from the fucking Mortal Kombat game, and then she does it to Alice, but Alice doesn't die, and right. then the worst part is Jill. Who woke up, sees the gun, says Alice, and throws her the gun. Why didn't she just shoot her? <laughs> well, that's the other thing. All right. So, in well, this, this, whole... this is bad where I could defend this because they took the spider off and it makes them all like fucked up when you take the spider off. Oh, so she couldn't, she didn't have good aim because she didn't, because in the end, Alice didn't shoot her anyway. She shot the fucking the ice. So the, the fucking weird ice zombies would get her. Right. So, um,. So one thing is that, you know, it does that x-ray vision, and you see that it stops Luther's heart, which I thought was, like, kind of cool, actually, because now, like, that character's finally dead. But then, um, and, like, he was dead, at least, I think, right? Yeah, he was dead. Yeah. And I'm, I'm saying that because, you know, so many fucking characters have come back from the dead that who got, who knows what's gonna happen, but, so she, that happens, she does the same to, to Alice, Alice survives, but, like, the one thing that I don't understand is that if you're doing these m- massive fight scenes, like if I were Jill and I had a bunch of fucking machine guns, I would have just shot her. I wouldn't just pull out all this other shit and sort of do a hand-to-hand combat, combat with her. Yeah, like, she, why did they do this? But that's because, like, supposedly for the five minutes they knew each other in Apocalypse that they were friends or some bullshit, so... <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but then fucking then I'm like, where are they going? First of all, because like, th- like she wakes up on like a helicopter, and then the most awkward scene on the fucking planet happens, where I thought Leon and Ada were like a thing, 
Mm-hmm. Mike, didn't you say something that you you found this kind of funny? Oh my God, yeah. So it's funny because Rob called you know Leon, you know Mr. Womanizer here. When oh yeah, yeah. When when uh, it's a uh, Jill and Alice, they have this like really weird, intense, intimate moment. Like you know, glad to have you black back and glad to have <laughs> you back. And then you see like Leon, he's like taking the cue. He's like, oh, like you know, the love is in the air. So he puts his hand in Ada's like inner thigh, and she just looks down at it and moves it away. I'm like, oh man, Leon can't get any play. <laughs> Yeah, but it was weird because like they the the scene before it's like he's helping her out and I'm like oh okay they made her a thing like they made them a thing you know and I was like oh that's kind of cool and then it's just like oh okay I guess not this guy's a weirdo you know and being well, like a fucking creep master right well so with no context whatsoever it comes off as really awkward but in the games just as a point of reference like Leon and Ada are always like. They're involved with each other, but there was never clear what was happening with them. So, like, Ada would always use him. And he got used a lot. Yeah. (laughs) He loved every second of it. Yeah. The other thing is, too, is that I understand that they... Again, this is, like, the the bad logic. Like, she is in a dress in the second game because it makes sense she's stuck in the city and stuff. But in this movie, she's she's in the dress, and you know it's her because of the dress. But, like, it makes no fucking sense because it makes no strategic sense and everything. And I'm just thinking to myself, the fuck is the point of that shit? Yeah, I don't know. What's the point of any of this shit? No, but then tell me that the next scene is not the best scene in the entire series. Are you talking about President Wesker? Yeah, when they go to the president's off, like they go to the Oval Office, they're walking through, and you see the bad shaking camera where you can tell everybody's like, "All right, guys, let's just act like the the, the room shaking." And she goes into the Oval Office, and it's fucking Wesker, and he, ha- he still has like the superpowers, and he gives her back her superpowers. It's like kind of like you know in the video games where like they lose their powers for a while, and then they gain the fucking powers back. Yeah, but she lost it for two movies. Yeah, but now she's going to be fucking super Alice. But then the greatest is how they all came out single file neatly on the top of the Oval Office. <laughs> and Wesker's like, we have to fight the Queen to save humanity. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on? And they pan out, and it looks like a Lord of the Rings fantasy. Yeah, no, it's a, my last note was like, oh, okay, so now they're ripping off Lord of the Rings. <laughs> With giant fucking liquors and these fucking weird bat-like things, and then the zombies, the hordes. And I'm like, wait a minute, where is any of this shit happening with fucking President Wesker? And I'm just like, this is, I can't wait. It, like, it has to start. The next now, movie is has it, to start. Is it back. President Wesker or President-elect Wesker? <laughs> I guess it's, no, I think that's President Wesker. He looks yeah. nice and comfy in that scene. <laughs> but he was still wearing his fucking leather outfit, too. <laughs> but see, when, like, the movie goes bat shit like that, I actually really enjoyed these movies when they did that shit, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that that movie ended with what seems like the beginning of the next movie, which is Resident Evil: The Final Chapter, which is coming out this week. Um, I guess since we've we've gone through all five of these movies now, so just quickly recap or give your thoughts about this collective series, where it's leaving off right now, going into this movie. So I'll start with you, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, what do you think? Um, let's see, what do I think? Well, I could say that I watched all five of these goddamn things. Um, <laughs> and that's you know, it. Get those hours back. 
those hours are gone. Um, it in some way made me actually want to try to play and beat a Resident Evil game. Okay. Just so maybe I could understand something a little bit more. Um, I yeah. I mean, this left me with no uh, motivation to see the last movie. Sorry, Rob. So I'm happy to uh, you know hear your guys' thoughts on the last movie. But you know, it was there. I've seen it. I've done it. Leave me alone. Don't ask me to do anything ever again. Thank you. Yeah, but I think I think Jor Mormont's going to be in the next one again. You know, when he was uh, the bad guy in the third movie. Well, is, is there a fucking clone of him now, too? Like, what the fuck? A, I think he's the main villain. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the main villain. But fucking Wesker comes back in it. So he's going to be doing his little fucking stupid Matrix shit. Well, you know, you know, this is the thing. I'd be more interested in it. And, like, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, I don't want to be careful with spoilers here for this new movie. But from what I hear, most of the characters aren't even in this last movie. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, they, I was reading something about how, like, a lot of them didn't sign on. They saw, they wanted to do it, but, like, for some reason, the company just, you know, the, they just didn't want them in the movie. <laughs> I think, uh, Wentworth Miller was working out. To get ready for to be, <laughs> I swear to God, to be Chris again. I guess he was taking the roids. To yeah, he was injecting like, steroids. Cycling back, cycling back onto the gas. No, but you know the movies were what they were. You know they were the fourth one. I think was god awful and probably one of the worst movies I've ever the seen. Third one life. I thought was god awful. I, the third one was my least favorite. Yeah, but uh, you know rewatching the first one was actually pretty good. The fifth one I could see the appeal of it, and the fifth one made me want to play the games again, although it made me want to make sure I don't play the sixth game, because I think that's the game where they have all the characters coming together. Yep. Yep. So so that, those are your game. thoughts. Alright, so what about you, Matt? Um, you know, I thought, like, again, and just re- to reiterate, I thought, like, when it gets batshit crazy, it was good. The first one was, you know, it was good. The second one was fun. The third one was kind of like, I didn't really care for it. Like, they, you know, they overplayed the post-apocalyptic thing. The fourth one, the end and the begin, the end and the beginning of the pest parts, and then the set, the fifth one might be my favorite, just because again it just went kind of batshit. But yeah, that's my, th- you know, I, they're like movies, like oh, okay, I saw them, that was great. <laughs> Thanks, Rob, for ruining my life. You know. Yeah. So, so my takeaway from it was pretty similar to you guys. The first one I thought was going back to it and watching it with a new lens of you know these are movies; they have nothing to do with the games. I didn't mind it that much. The second movie, I was like, what the fuck happened? They, they did okay with the first one. The second one, just, it just started going really off and wrong. The third one was terrible. And that one made me... I, I just... Every time I look at it, I think I, I might have mentioned this before, but just the aesthetics of it alone, whenever I see it on TV, it may, makes me physically ill. Like I feel like vomiting... <laughs> Because I think about how bad that movie was. Uh, the fourth one, I thought there were it was hit or miss. Like there were some things that they got right, some things that they got wrong. Most things were wrong, but it wasn't all in all terrible. And in the fifth one, I thought was the most interesting out of all of them. It had it it played on. It didn't really bring the games outside of having characters in there. It didn't really make it feel like one of the games. It made it feel like. A separate movie and you know to see that this movie came out obviously after the world after the movie westworld but before the series so it's actually kind of interesting to see it from the point of view of after westworld in the series to see like what was already happening out there um so all in all i would rate 
one and five as being the best out of all of them, and then the rest of them just being complete garbage. So, um, like I said, Resident Evil, the final chapter is coming out. If with this full steam ahead, you have a decent movie that preceded this one. So imagine what could happen with this one. It could be either awful or it could be not so awful. And uh, Matt, I think that we're going to plan to go and see that, aren't we? Dude, it's going to be god-awful. You fucking know it. Like, don't I know, know it's going to be terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, your parent, where it could be kind of fun. I mean, you've done this, so like you're in the Resident Evil mindset. You're going to see the movie. The, the, the new game comes out yeah, uh, yeah. At, around the same time. So you'll have, you know, you can kind of make it a Resident Evil package. Yeah. Um, You'll have to let me know if they do more zip lines in uh, in this Resident Evil because I saw that as a common theme. And you'll have to let me know how close open bullets and everything. Yeah, yeah, and you have to let me know if Alice does yet another goddamn recap of the fucking movies in the beginning. Oh, she definitely will. But and then that's the funny thing is that what I think is going to happen out of this whole project is that it's going to make me appreciate Resident Evil Seven, the game, so much more because it's what I want. I want to eat horror a survival horror game which that is really shaping up to be and you know i'm kind of in this resident evil mode i'm i've been a huge fan of the series for a majority of my life at this point so to come to this like sort of conclusion of what's going on here i'm glad to see that if it's called the final chapter that means that i don't have to worry about any of these goddamn movies ever coming out again <laughs> so um. So, thank you for taking part in this project. It Fuck was... you, Rob. <laughs> it's like, well, it the project's is... not over yet. You got another it not. Yeah, it's not over, but it seems like you know we're winding down here. We, we made it through the challenge of get, getting through all five of these movies prior to the new movie coming out and prior to the new game. So, congratulations to both of you. I can now all release right. the chains. Yeah, and you you owe us so big. So big. Anything we want to so talk big. about, I don't give a shit what it is. You owe us to talk about. So. Yeah, we're gonna do fucking. We're gonna we're gonna watch Merlin. We're gonna watch <laughs> Battlestar Galactica again. Uh, I, don't know, just, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is sounding terrible. <laughs> well, I I think the a fitting end to this. How to you know capture this entire project? We've said it before. We'll say it again. It's been real. It's been good. But it wasn't real good.